COVID and the church, where we've been, where we are, how we got there, and where are we going next? In this latest phase of the COVID crisis, California is making masks optional for some and relaxing requirements in what appears to be a path toward normalcy. The question is, what is your church doing and why? Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is Podcast 040, Podcast 40, where we have a biblical conversation about the crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's-eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we employ God's Word to make sense of it all. At the end of the podcast, we'll provide you additional resources from our podcast resource page, just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. Okay, Mark, let's talk about COVID and the church, where we've been, where we are, how we got here, and where to next. All right, that sounds like a lot of ground to cover, so hopefully we can do this in 20 minutes. Well, Mark, I hope so. Our mission in these 20-minute podcasts is to be, or to try to be, both thorough and concise. But you can expect a bunch of resources on our podcast resource page. But in the meantime, let's get into the topic with an eye on the past, an eye on the future, as we sit here in the present, recognizing that everybody's tried to do a good job in this very complex COVID environment. And in the end, I think we can safely say that most of us, most churches, are doing their best to honor God and to take care of their people. And in so doing, no matter how we approach this, we should honor and respect each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, though our opinions and our methodologies may differ. Yet at the same time, I think most thoughtful and serious Christ followers understand and agree that with all due respect to opinion, not all opinions are created equal. Not all opinions are equally valid. And I know that this goes against the whole 21st century Christian thought. But in reality, as Jesus said in John 17, 17, God's word is truth. It is objective truth. And we are to be sanctified, set apart by it. And so not everybody's opinion is really valid. Not everybody's opinion is really equal. There are opinions that are mistaken. And as churches and as Hillside Church, we want to set the proper example for our flock, be they our own families or the congregation loaned to us by God for a season. And that's an important stewardship responsibility, and that's why a lot of churches on the front end of this whole COVID crisis initially followed the rules laid down here in our own state of California and elsewhere. And at least in California, as time passed, it became obvious that these rules were both arbitrary and in many cases unscientific. Yeah, and I think you saw that in in a lot of the ways that especially the uh, politicians and the local leaders uh, lived that out. So we saw, um, for instance, here in California, Governor Newsom uh, decided that he was going to go have a, a big birthday dinner um, with donors and such at the French Laundry. Um, you also saw that, uh, whether it was the San Francisco mayor or the San Jose mayor, um, doing, doing kind of what they wanted outside of those protocols. Um, and then, uh, one of my favorite ones was the, uh, Nancy Pelosi, um, going to get her haircut done at this, uh, hair, hair salon that was closed and, um, and I guess not realizing that the restrictions were what the restrictions were in California or whatever there. And so, it was really tough because you got these kind of mixed signals coming towards you. Yeah, it's like they had one set of rules for them and one set of rules for us. 
And you saw that even with the so-called peaceful protesters and the rioters who were maskless and they were assembling without masks and really nobody lifted a finger. And then you saw businesses and casinos, liquor stores, um, you know, they were filming a movie in Los Angeles and they let them serve food at the uh, movie cantina or cafeteria. But churches were deemed non-essential. You could open a liquor store or a pot dispensary, but a church had to stay closed. Yeah, and I think you saw that even on on that national level. Um, there was really no, no national legislation um, or even local legislation, for that matter, that seemed uh, to really fit any, any one consistent uh, application of these rules. They all just seemed to be arbitrary. Um, and even you know the in- information that was handed out, whether it was from Fauci um, or, or anybody else in the government, seemed contradictory and, and really just something that was repeatedly violated and uh, selectively ignored depending yeah. on the person. Yeah, you know, you're right. And here's the thing that I think, and you kind of alluded to it just then, there was no legislation. These were all like rules. These were all like edicts. There was no legislative process. And again, there just didn't seem to be a lot of consistency, you know. Uh, and we've got on our resource page Dr. Fauci contradicting himself. Sometimes he indicates masks are unnecessary and do not work. And then he believes that they are. And then he believes you don't need to wear masks, or excuse me, that you do need to wear a mask even if you're vaccinated and that two masks are better than one. It's just on and on. These rules were arbitrary, in some cases unnecessary, in some cases unenforceable. And as we eventually found out, they weren't legal. And what made them legal or illegal? Well, here's the thing. We try to look at the Word of God in Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2, many churches, our own church, and honor every human institution, respect the rules, follow the government. But as we tried to do that, as you talked about and we just talked about a moment ago, it became apparent that the rules were increasingly arbitrarily enforced, that the science was not consistent, and that the agenda was increasingly political. Then there was the confusion about the numbers. You know, people were dying with COVID, people were dying from COVID, and those numbers were conflated. And in the middle of all this, you had a 995 to 99.9% survival rate for people under 70 with no comorbidities. And, and you're just starting to wonder if people weren't overreacting a little bit or if these numbers were reliable. And we began to distrust our experts. And then as a church, we had to balance Romans 13 about respecting the government, 1 Peter 2 about respecting the government. And yet our command in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together and our responsibility to shepherd the flock of God. And there was this tension, this need to take care of the flock people were hurting, and also this whole matter of respecting the law or what people thought was the law. Yeah, I mean, and you touched on that, right? It's that legislation that was never actually legislated, and it wasn't legislated because it was a constitutional issue. You had these state and local governments that were breaking the law of the land, the disobeying the Constitution. The First Amendment, um, yeah. Yeah, and and you saw that even here where uh, our health the Santa Clara County health officer took the case all the way to the Supreme court to get some special exemption uh, that was never granted in the constitution. Right. I mean, she got sued repeatedly because is the, you know, the Supreme court of the United States kind of knocked down some rulings in New York and then in California, then they had to single her out here. And what we found was of course, and some of us knew this already is that local governments, nobody has the right to regulate the freedom of assembly 
or the freedom of worship. That is protected by the Constitution. It's not subject to government regulation. And yet you had local governments and health officers fining churches. And one church in our area was fined up to $2 million. Some, of the, some pastors like John MacArthur stepped into breach and took on the government you know, after a considerable reason of restraint. And then others began to follow suit. And eventually it became clear that this was unconstitutional and that we should or we were free to reopen at some point in time. But as Christians, we were slow to do that, I think, because we wanted to respect what we thought was the rule of law. But here they were violating the law of the land. We wanted to honor the king, as it says in Romans. We wanted to respect every human institution. But sometimes you just can't. You just can't do that. And that's where... You know, we had to look into the wider testimony of Scripture. The bottom line is there is a precedent, a biblical precedent for ignoring the government, for so-called breaking the law. Now, in our case, we weren't breaking the law. The government was breaking the law. But in the Bible, in the Old Testament and New, you have times where the people of God went against the government, went against the governing authorities. You see that in Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 22, where The Pharaoh ordered the murder, the killing of newborn male babies born to Jewish families. And he instructed the midwives to kill these little baby boys. But the midwives feared God. They respected God. They honored God. And so they disobeyed him. And we read in Exodus 1.20, So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he, he gave them families. And the Pharaoh commanded all of his people Every son that is born of the Hebrews you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. But the midwives didn't do that, and God blessed them. You see a similar principle in Acts 5, 27 to 29, where the Jewish religious leaders told the apostles not to preach Jesus. But in Acts 5, 29, Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. And so ultimately, our decision to reopen early by some definition was our desire to obey God and not men. As church leaders, as elders, uh, we're not allowed to neglect our people. We have to take every step that we can. We're commanded to, to protect the flock. It says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. People were hurting. We had to shepherd the flock and we did what we had to do. Yeah, and I think as a result of that, um, it's I think it's safe to say that God has dealt well with with our church uh, as we were forced to ignore the the rules laid down by the state and county at the county levels. Um, we were forced to to go against those, and I think we've seen some of the fruit of that in our church. We sure have. We sure have. We are not bound by rules that are illegal or immoral or violated by government officials themselves. And because of God's providence and sovereignty, the U.S. Constitution granted us the freedom of assembly and worship that no local or state government could regulate or impinge upon. You know, even now you have Governor Newsom having to reimburse the church for its legal fees. But at the same time, we've tried to be wise. We've tried to be careful. We practice social distancing and we've asked people to wear a mask as appropriate. But in the end of the day, my point is simple. Rule following for the sake of rule following is not a principle that Christians should follow, not to overuse that word follow. It would have been wrong to follow the rules in Egypt. It would have been wrong in Acts to follow the rules of the Jewish leadership. And history shows us 
time and time again that blind rule following always leads to harm. Ours was a scriptural warrant. Yeah, and and I think, you know, it, it is good for us to point out that at the beginning of this pandemic, when we did not know all the information that was out there, that we did close for a time. Um, but as we learned more and as we understood, we, we continued to... Um, move along with the information that was coming in and our biblical mandates. So now we come to today on June 15th, uh, the state we are told is, is going to reduce its or relax its mask requirements and all of those other things, especially for people who are um, vaccinated. And I think we've laid a foundation to understand what's happened in the past. And now we're going to head forward and, and see what's going to happen here coming up. Um, and whether we all agree with it or not, um, we should probably start to talk about what does it mean to go to a mask optional time? Well, you know, it's a good question, Mark. It would appear under the state guidelines if you were vaccinated that the first Sunday in June where this would apply is June 20th. It's to be the first mask optional corporate worship Sunday uh, since the pandemic began. It would seem that the state is recommending, not requiring, but making recommendations. Those who are vaccinated are free not to wear masks. Churches, I think, want to be very careful how they handle this. And the state's verbiage is somewhat vague, and it's probably a good thing, using words like recommended. And so we, we have to kind of feel our way through this. Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely a challenge that's going to have to be worked through because we've come out of this time where these health edicts have been handed down as some sort of law. And so now we get this word like recommendation. And so I think it opens up a lot of different possibilities for churches to handle this. And so, uh, so Keith, how would you say that churches should handle this? Um, and are they now, you know, are we now going to be asked to check vaccination cards and all of those things? Yeah, I know. I don't want to, I don't want to get overly controversial here and open up another can of worms enough have been opened already. But the mass thing is a whole other topic. You know, prior to the pandemic, the National Institutes of Health uh, indicated in studies in 2006, 2010, and 2016 that masks were not necessarily effective in dealing with viruses. And I think um, that they, they indicated they were of different utility. And I intend to agree. And I think that's an important, an important thing to keep in mind. So why do you think that? Well, even now, they say that a mask won't keep you from getting the disease. It will only keep you from spreading it. But beyond that, let's use a little common sense. At one point, we're told that you have to wear a mask and you have to be six feet apart. Now, maybe it's four feet apart. Think back in, in your own life, just day in and day out, kinds of things that we take for granted. Homes these days are built to certain building codes. Uh, your car has certain requirements for maintaining your brakes and tire pressure according to national safety standards. And yet, there are no national standards or even community standards for masks. No one has told you what they need to be made of, what you shouldn't make your mask of, how many knots per square inch. Do so you have 200 knots per square inch in the fabric or 2,000 knots per square inch in the fabric? Should it be nylon? Should it be cotton? Should it be disposable paper? What? And what you see is there are just so many subjective ideas. There is no standard for material or fabric construction, nylon, cotton, synthetic, whatever. And so masks are just this thing that 
with so many subjective metrics that just make us feel safe, but I don't know that they really accomplish anything. Okay, so that's kind of what masks and, and, and maybe why you don't know if they work or not. But um, what I'm asking is really you have a study that was that had come out pre-COVID um, and it said one thing indicating that, that masks are probably not that helpful. Um, and now you have studies saying that, you know, one mask is helpful and two masks are even better. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You know, I had misunderstood your question. Well, here's the problem is the whole thing in a nutshell has become too politicized. People are saying all kinds of things. There's almost like this dogma or orthodoxy, even in the medical world now. And let me give you an example. There was a study done by Monica Gandhi, uh, and it was in a, a medical journal. And in that journal, she argued that wearing masks can reduce the severity of an illness with COVID-19, even if the wearer already has the infection. Now think about that. So me putting on a mask after I get COVID is going to minimize my own symptoms? I mean, think about that. That's just plain ridiculous. And that's the problem right now is people are writing research to please some sort of community orthodoxy. The idea that if I catch a disease and put on an article of clothing after I've caught the disease is going to minimize the disease is unscientific. And that is the sad state of affairs that we are in right now. Okay, so how do we apply this to the mask optional situation that um, we are quickly approaching here in California? Well, in our case, I think we let people interpret and apply the state standards for themselves. I mean, as for us, we're not issuing an edict or command of our own. We're not going to be checking IDs at the door. We should probably explain things to our people something like this, and I think this is what we're going to do. Sunday worship from here on out, June 20th, is mask optional. If you've had a vaccine, there's no reason to require you to wear a mask in the worship service. We are not going to require a vaccine certificate or inquire about your health practices in violation of federal HIPAA laws. We only ask that you conduct yourself with care. If you're sick or showing signs of any illness, we ask you not to attend until you've made certain that you're not sick with COVID. We ask you to conduct yourself honorably before God and others. Now, with those guidelines, people will come and worship because they want to worship together. And those who are uncomfortable will probably remain at home a little bit longer. And that's okay. All right. So what do you think will happen with all of this? Or what do you think should happen with all of this? Well, I think it should go something like this, Mark. Those who don't want to wear a mask should follow their conscience as they seek to worship the Lord particularly if they've been vaccinated or maybe they already had COVID and they have natural immunities. Those who do want to wear a mask should, and if they, and if they want to wear a mask even after being vaccinated, you know, that, that's their call. That's their choice. That's okay. All right. So what about everybody else? Well, look, Mark, it's only a matter of time, I think, until some of these additional arbitrary mandates get knocked down by the Supreme Court. Somebody's going to sue and press the limit. But until then, I can just tell you this. We're not going to be checking IDs. And while some states are finding ways to compel employers to inquire about vaccination status, that's a violation of the Constitution, too. I don't know. If it's, I think it's the right to privacy. And, you know, it's like this. That's not going to fly. And we're not going to, we're not going to get involved in that. And so anyone who feels uncomfortable should not violate their conscience. If you feel uncomfortable wearing a mask, don't. If you feel uncomfortable not wearing a mask, wear a mask. 
But I know one thing for sure. Christians and Christian churches should not divide over mask or no mask any more than they should split over eschatology. By the way, we're doing a series on Revelation, and we're talking about the different types of eschatology. That's where that comes from. Just a little sermon plug. There, there. you go, a little uh, uh, a shameless plug from our sponsor, right? In the meantime, what we need to do, though, seriously, is to respect our differences and unite around God's Word and not divide over masks. And no one, nobody, is going to be asked about their immunization status, whether it has to do with COVID or shingles or tetanus or pneumonia or flu. So... I think what you're saying is is something that I, I do believe that is good. We're just going to trust people uh, to use their good judgment. Yes, we are. We're going to ask them to use good judgment. And if somebody comes to the door and they seem sick, we'll turn them away. All right. So uh, another big contention, I think, and there's a lot of states that are still dealing with how to deal with this one, is uh, what about children? Well, that's for them and their parents to decide. If... Uh, Remember, children are not super spreaders, according to the CDC, according to Harvard studies, according to medical studies, children are not super spreaders. And it's very difficult for them to catch the disease and become very sick from the disease. However, we understand difficult doesn't mean impossible, and that's true of every disease. Okay, cool. So why don't we go ahead and sum this all up as we uh, as we wrap up here. Okay, it's like this. People are here because they want to be in church, and people who aren't comfortable aren't here. People are online because there are some people who want to be online until they feel safe. All the people that are worshiping with us online and in person are here because they want to be taught the Bible accurately, and that's what we do. And they appreciate the fact, many do, that we haven't rolled over under the weight of the culture and some of the hysteria. And so they're here. They're worshiping in person. Now we do social distance and we do wear masks, but masks are going to be optional as of June the 20th. There are some who aren't yet ready to rejoin us physically and they're going to choose to remain online. And again, that is okay. And some will come in masks, some will come in two masks, and some will come without masks. And that's okay. It's going to be up to them and their conscience. And we're going to serve through online and in-person worship the various constituencies that God has given us as a church family, and we want to do that well. And I believe that we should try to serve all these constituencies and mindsets because we are all part of the the body of Christ. And so mask optional will mean mask optional, and all masks are still welcome. Well, that's it for today. If you'd like further resources, visit us online at gracetoliveradio.org and click the podcast resource button. If you'd like to ask me a question, I'd love to hear from you. I try to answer emails within 24 hours. If you want to learn more about our church, www.hillside.org. If you want to worship with us online, www.hillside.org forward slash services. We have in-person services at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11. And again, before we go, if you're listening on any particular podcast platform, be sure and give us a good rating. Tell your friends about us. We want to reach as many people as we can. We want to serve the body of Christ. We release this podcast every Wednesday. If you don't need a reminder, you can avoid that by subscribing. This is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler, Out of My Mind. God bless you and God keep you.